Justin. Yes, sir. Let's talk AEW and WWE as they pertain to Pyro. What? Yeah, we're going to dive into the Cody-verse. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live-action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear, and peaking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, Go Home Heat. Today, we are going to attempt to dive into the Cody-verse. Exactly. We have a... That's like, at this point, is that like a deep cut reference? Does anybody even know the Twilight Zone sound song anymore? Have we reached that point? We probably have reached that point. Because um, even like the remakes were 20, 30 years ago, right? Exactly. That's how bad off we are. <laughs> okay, now we got Cody. Cody's left AEW now for quite some time. So we have a good bit of information. We kind of talked about this a little bit here and there in some other pods. A good bit of information of what the AEW is without Cody Rhodes. We have a good bit of information of with the two weeks or so of Cody being on WWE television. <laughs> At least why what time he fills and kind of how he's being portrayed early on in his run in WWE. You know what I mean? Yeah. My basic premise here, Justin, to let us all in on the on the joke is this was a best of both worlds scenario. Because, I can agree with that. Because I, I don't know that Cody – look, Cody fit with AEW in that he was a founding father and he is kind of the – like the the intro to the song goes, there is more than one royal family in wrestling. And yeah. his is that, right? One of them. Oh, absolutely. And when he says that, I, I don't – I don't think he looks at it as if it's only the road. Do you? No, no. Right. He the, the the statement is a shot at Vince, not exclusionary of everyone besides Vince. No, I don't. I don't see it as that either. I see. Honestly, we have been hard on some of these shows on Cody. We have been nice on some of these shows on Cody, but I don't think Cody is a bad dude. Oh no, 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 no! You'll never get me there. I don't think that dude's a bad dude. Correct. I think, I think Brandy is a terrible wrestler. Oh my god! The but, o- the other day in an interview, somebody asked Seth if they were to redo Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch versus a couple in pro wrestling. Who should it be? <laughs> oh no! He said Brandy wrestles, doesn't she? No. And the, did the guy go? No, no, that doesn't happen, Seth. I think he was so. Lie. I think he was so stunned he just kind of let it go. But, but back to Cody. Back to Cody. Okay, I, I don't think we'll dive into AEW first. He never felt like the rest of the show. He always we we, we nicknamed it the Cody verse, and somehow I, I'm not. I I think we were first in that one, but if not, it's okay. But he always felt a little bit outside of the rest of the program. Part of that had to do with the fact that he put his ability to be the world champion on the line early on and lost. I will always wonder whose idea that was. Um, it's one of those ideas that sounds kind of good on paper, but when you think about it long term, it kind of it's not. 
And so then he becomes his own title. Exactly. Right. And they kind of create a TNT title for him. It felt like, although they needed a television title or a mid card title anyway, and on an ex, you know, he's done so many interviews now. That's another reason why I thought it was a good time to dive into Cody. He said, you know, I didn't want to be the 15, 17, 123 time. I'm paraphrasing 123 time TNT champion. I wanted to be more than that. And relegating himself out of the world title picture, it became, well, we'll just, we, they kept putting this belt on him or he kept winding up in that sphere. I've always said there was, the AEW show and all these different character arcs, and then you would go into the Codyverse and things would be different and you would come out. And I don't know that. Go it ahead. It was like that before he ever won or lost the ability to win the belt, though. Even before that, he was always, everything he did was a little off from what everybody else did. What was the, one of the first intros he did where he did the half Star War, half Star Trek entrance? and stuff and it had nothing to do with the match or anything to do with the build up or anything it was just Cody doing something and he did that a lot where he would do stuff that really didn't have much to do in the match and or bring his dog out there and terrify them or something like that and he had a you know. lot of shenanigans in his match that was always crazy i i don't i never understood why he needed Arn Anderson to be there with him as a coach i never got that that was all. dumb right in his first title reign, it was, and this isn't his fault. He he used the term gatekeeper of the mid card, right? That's what he felt like. He felt like he, what Seth Rollins is right now in WWE, right? It's you are the person who they have to beat in order to get to Roman or to get to the world title or to become a big deal or, or if like you don't know what you're going to do with Edge yet. And Cody was that guy and he didn't want to be that guy. He wanted more. He wanted to be presented as something else. Now, how does the AEW deal with him being gone? Well, obviously there's two things that happened here. We freed up time and we freed up money, yep. right? Cody wanted, reportedly, punk money. We're going to assume that's around about three mil a year. If you couple that with the fact that Tony Khan has, he has not renewed several contracts as they came up, that frees up even more money. And you would assume that there is probably. I mean, you got, yeah, you got that whole 20 bucks back from Mark, from Marco Stunt and Joe Janela. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And give back the hot dog. So now there's, now there's three million and five dollars. <laughs> but okay, so let's let's say all those people that he didn't re-sign, let's say that adds up to half mil, whatever. He's able to go out and get Regal. He's able to go out and get Samoa Joe. Well, he's got Ring of Honor now too, right? Well, I, you know, I don't know how much a Ring of Honor costs, right? <laughs> I have no clue how much he had to spend on that. Probably did he get the library too? Yes, he did. Goodbye. It, it is probably a good, good price. It is a goodbye. You know what's crazy? I, in Hogan's book. He says that Eric Bischoff called him one day and said, hey, we, we can buy WCW for, man, I know this is coincidental, but I think he said $3 million. That's hilarious. And Hogan said, well, that's a no-brainer. And Bischoff said, well, the problem is we don't, we don't have any television time because TNT doesn't want us on there. The, that Turner Network, does, the broadcasting company doesn't want us on it. And Hogan said, well, what on earth am I do, going to do with a wrestling company without television time? All I have is a bunch of contracts for wrestlers. He didn't have the foresight to realize what owning those catalogs meant. Yes. And when he told Vince, and then he later, he calls Vince and tells him. And that's when we get the sale and the Panama City stuff and all that, right? Yeah. The simulcast between the two networks. 
And eventually that, of course, leads to the WWE Network because they have enough footage to air on all of that, which leads to a Peacock deal. So that, and, 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 you know, a chain of events led by that $3 million purchase leads to a billion-dollar thing if you know what to do with it. It's like Louisiana Purchase. <laughs> history lesson there, buddy. <laughs> exactly. Which may have been bought, coincidentally, for $3 million. It all boils down to one thing, right? Okay, so he's got money freed up. He, he does this deal with New Japan, which, I, you know, if you have – he has been stagnated as far as viewership goes. Tony has. So what do you do if you've stagnated with viewership where you have reach? You create more reach. And so he puts his TV show, he puts his show in a, in a deal with New Japan on New Japan's network, right? And so now he's he's created an entirely new market for himself, which is brilliant. Yep. And then he's going to be able to have a show we we, we – we just oppose that there's a big show in Chicago, right? I believe the main event is Okada Punk. That's what I've heard the rumor. The, that's the, that's still rumor at this point. Okay. So as long as, hey, that's brilliant, right? You're wrestling in Chicago. You have him wrestle Okada. Huge, right? That's, that's beautiful. This is, these yeah. are the steps he's taken. CM Punk's going to have to get in the gym, buddy. Get his cardio up. Cause Okada's not going to do no 10 minute match. It is going to be, that's going to be amazing. The build up. Oh, that's going to be great. great, dude. Right. Come on. Correct. Now, going back to this, though, what what is going on with AEW television recently? You free up time. You have, you know, the Sammy wins the belt, then he turns around and loses the belt. And the interesting thing there was how Scorpio Sky said you don't automatically get to wrestle me when, when, you, when you win this belt as that TNT title had been some form of a workhorse title. Yeah. Why that's interesting is what did he do when you do that? You actually free up. More time. And with Cody disappearing from the show, if he's not wrestling, he was getting 20 minutes, you know, 10 for the pyro and the walkout, 10 for the promo, and then the commercials or whatever that surround that moment. And then if he was wrestling, he was getting 30. Every, yep. every dynamite. Right. And so this, when you had the fact that everybody complained in which, oh my gosh, AEW has too much talent. Nobody's getting television time. He's able to counteract Cody leaving with giving people. He has leaned into, to me, he has really leaned into wrestling in his product. Yes. And oddly enough, and I, I know people hate hate it when I say this, a lot of wrestling does not necessarily equal good rating. This is his vision going forward. And Brian Danielson, I believe, has his ear. And Punk, I believe, has his ear. And both those gentlemen believe wrestling shows should involve a great deal of wrestling. And that is what he has given us. He, we still have multiple very good talkers, but you don't have the long intro, the long walk to the ring, the pause, the walk around the ring. And I'm not, I'm not belittling what Cody does. He's very good at this. He, he did, he, oh, he, for that style, he is well designed. Right. But what you do when you eliminate that is you free up. Time for two matches or two promos in one match over the course of an hour, over the course of two hours. And the problem that Tony had in booking was a lack of time. And so freeing up yes. time in that manner, freeing up time by having his TNT champ not wrestle every single episode, that allows for more wrestling on his shows, which I believe is the vision he has. What do you think about that? I, I believe you're right. And I believe, I'm going to say something else. I believe promos are improved and the spots in the outside of the ring stuff is improved when you shorten the times up and you make it quick hits. I don't, I think that 
they drag stuff out sometimes because they think they're being dramatic and what it actually gets is clunky and you lose, you just get bored with it. But when you got stuff just like, I'm going to say that I'm going to say the high points, we're going to get to it. Then we're going to get to the next match. It's less time for you to screw it up. Promos are going to look tighter. Your skits are going to look a little tighter. I think you're right. And I think both sides can benefit from it. The promo side and the wrestling side. If you do it right. I 100% agree with you on that. And it felt like when you watched the show, it was, there was a, there was a rhythm to the shows. Pop, 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 pop. Right. Yeah. And then Cody Tom. Pop, it's pop, pop, pop. Uh, pop, pop, yeah. pop, 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 pop. Right. And here now we have a rhythm to the entire show. The whole thing runs quickly and there isn't a slowdown period. And I don't, I didn't dislike the shows with Cody on it. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying that I feel like there was a push-pull. Someday we'll get the real information. I think that Cody has alluded to the fact that he may be contractually... Non-disclosure agreement. He hasn't said it straight out to my knowledge, but he has said, you know, well, I can't really get into that a couple of times. And then he's also said things like, you know, I had the utmost respect, you know, the first time around, I think it was I had the utmost respect for the Bucks, and I, I'm rooting for Tony. And then about the, the next interview, it was oh, I respect Tony, you know, because I think he realized that people jumped yeah. on the fact that he didn't point out. He said, you know, that I think it was Tony bankrolled all of this, and that that almost belittles Tony's role, right, a little bit. But I oh, feel it, like it belittles it a lot. But I also feel like Cody feels like because Tony has said. Well, it was, you know, the first guys that took me seriously were the Bucks and Jericho. And so so Cody's role as this person who created this thing has also been diminished since his leaving. He writes you out of the book. He absolutely. And that's that is a common thing. And I'm not even saying it's not necessarily true. It is just the first drummer for the Beatles. Exactly. Exactly. And I do think that we're never ever going to be able to erase the fact that all of this origin starts with a, a tweet from Meltzer to Cody. Those other things may be negotiable as to who took Tony, who did Tony, did somebody go get Tony or did Tony throw this idea out to someone else? That's the kind of thing where only certain people know how that really went down and they may never, uh-huh. you know, they, may, they those things may change as the books get written over time, right? Oh, now, yeah. now, I do think though, Without Cody around, without, you know, you, there were the rumors that there were backstage issues. Now Cody has said that he interacts with the Bucks constantly now that he's not in the company, all of those things. Cody being gone, I do feel like Tony now is able to present his product exactly like he wants to w- without interference. Yeah. And I don't think that that's a bad thing. I, I feel like Tony has a, a very good grasp on what he wants. And he gets he gets nitpicked. He gets nitpicked by me, for that matter, sometimes. Oh, yeah. I feel like he's a little bit reactionary publicly. I feel like I do not envy a person who is trying to do what he is trying to do in the social media aspects of it or the the yeah. actual media aspects of it. I, I, would, I would have a very hard time doing what he does and not being thin-skinned. So I do completely understand if he gets flushed and defends himself. He's a young guy. Well, and there's a big, big difference between owning a company that crunches numbers and being out front as the face of a company. It is. It's a huge difference. 
Right? <laughs> right? Now let's slide in. Cause I, I honestly believe AEW's best years are ahead of it. And I think that Tony is, he does have full control, but the people who are speaking to him the most are people who are brilliant wrestling minds. I think they are Punk. I think they are Danielson. I would assume William Regal is allowed in that room. And I would bet you Tony, uh, Samoa Joe is now allowed in that room. Yeah. And if I was a guy who'd been there from the j- jump, from the get-go, I'd be flustered with that too. I like where AEW is at. I feel like if you have Joe, if you have Danielson going to Tony Regal, talking to Tony a lot, Mock, although Mock seems a lot like a I work and I go home type of guy, but he's he's smart. Christian is able to walk around and help people. You know, He also seems like he might give you advice similar to Dr. Gonzo from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, played by Benicio del Toro. What kind, did he give good? Did he give good advice or did he give like insane ramblings that sometimes <laughs> approach a point? The latter. <laughs> yes, that is what I kind of imagine you might get from John Moxley if he's trying to tell you something. Now on to WWE. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the Gin Project, the G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to... Go home, heat. WWE gets Cody. They present him. How is he presented? He says, I want it to be a big deal. I wanted the bag. We know he got the bag, so we don't have to dive into that. How he's been presented in WWE, you know, he gets his own entrance. He gets his, he gets his AEW music. He gets to, as he says, I get to be myself on the stage, which his father never got to be, his brother never got to be, and he never got to be before. So to him, that is a huge, huge deal. Yes. And I do get it as AEW fans get upset. I think they're a little overboard periodically here, but that's just fandoms in general. Oh, yes. I do get that we don't understand why Cody had felt like he needed validity from Vince. He needed that man to validate him. I, I, I get that. I get where that hurts, that Cody kind of admits to that to some degree. I also understand it from Cody's point of view because I don't think Cody's thinking of it as validity as much as he's thinking of it as I need to prove that on the biggest stage there is what the Rhodes family can do matters. Does that make sense? It does. I can see that. Right. And so what we need, though, they stick him on Raw. And remember now, Raw has just lost its title because we can say – that Roman Reigns is a is a dual champion. Do you think Roman's going to be on Raw every week? I don't know, dude. Here's the thing. I think we are at the brand split is over in all but name at this point. They are they that's why they cut the roster so much. Part of it, I think, is they are going to have one show continuity wise over. Two episodes, so I don't know. They're going to have to. Yeah, I I don't think they're going to have. I don't think they're going to have somebody come in and take one of those belts off Roman. No, I don't think they have a champ only one night a week. I I don't think. I think they're going to unify the tag champs too. Well, here's what they've done with the belt leaving the show is they've you know they've replaced the belt with Cody. You know, the, that for the first few, mm-hmm. for the first few episodes, right? You've, you've had yeah. 
Cody Brent Cody was the first segment of each show, and then he wound up getting a match later on in the show, although it wasn't late in the evening. It was a little earlier in the evening. Seth said it the other day. Three hours has got off a long time for a wrestler. But if you have a three-hour show, and I believe you could fill that up in better ways than they seem to believe they can fill that time up. Here's the thing. they What they believe is important, not what I believe. They just went and hired a guy who, every time he comes out, he gets pyro. He gets, you know, they replaced the rising up out of the floor with him basically just appearing behind smoke. And then he walks out. The song gets played almost in its entirety. He, he gets in the ring. He gets, so that 10 minutes or whatever, I think the Miz accused him of 45, but I think that whole segment wound up being somewhere around 15 to 20, right? Including the arguing and the, you know, Miz diving out of the ring on accident and all that. You bring a guy in that can carry a half hour, a night, the that, huh? The Miz. The Miz. Well, they already had the Miz, but Cody is able <laughs> to fill that time, right? And I feel like he fits in on Raw. He doesn't feel odd on Raw. No, no, no. no. He fits perfectly. He is that kind of guy. And what does he give you when he goes out there? The long-winded. And I, again, I feel like I'm, I'm putting him down, but I thought that his promo, the opening night. Of the, not the, the post-mania promo he gave was good. I thought it was fine. I love the fact that he quoted Kung Fu Panda and called it reading a great deal. <laughs> I thought that was wonderful. I thought that, you know, I, I, I thought that the story was good. Um, I, of course, now we've seen him almost cry so much in the double blink towards the camera so much that you do get a, a, a little bit of an eye roll when he does it, but it does work in this environment, right? It does feel like it fits. And he and the Miz had a fine match. Fits like a neck tattoo, Kevin. Fits like a neck tattoo. Yeah. I, I was going to say glove, but <laughs> yes, a neck tattoo is lovely, but do you think he fits in this realm? Oh, dude. If he will, here, here's the thing. A lot of the times when, when I'm talking about the WWE, I, I annoys me that they control their wrestlers so much and they don't give them more freedom. Cody's one that I think if he really wants to last in the WWE, he's going to have to tone it down a notch or two here or there. For himself, I mean, you know as I do, it's all well and good right now. Six months of this, how soon did the booze start? Right, because he's already been through this before. One thing that was never going to happen again in AEW without him going heel was that 100% we love you Prince of Wrestling that he was getting early on in AEW. He had can't sustain that. It, it's not sustainable. And he had to leave to find that again. I think he wondered when he left if he would get the 50-50 crowds. Because he, he – well, I don't think that. I heard him say it. You know, in one of these interviews he said, you know, I haven't had universal cheering for me in quite some time. And so that's what he's getting now. Like you said, 
he needs to be dialed back somewhat. But here's the thing. He is on a show. That's the thing about Raw. Seth, Kevin, Miz, they are given a script. They work with a producer, but they have freedom. They neg- yes. they they discuss what they're going to do. They don't be they aren't told what they're going to do. Edge, he discusses what he's going to do. He isn't told what he's going to do. But no, Gus is saying, you know, that Alistair Black guy, he had a great idea over there. Why don't we just do that? Yes. Yes. Why don't we do that? And we may get to that in a second. Savior Priest loves mascara. Let me just get that in. Why would That's how he pitched it to, to Vince. He's like, think about it. Guyliner. Gosh. <laughs> Dude, I will say this. The, uh, the, the Black Angels Wings Edge entrance in the suit is free freaking epic. I you know like, what I'm talking about I like when he comes new, up. I like the new direction. You know, I don't I don't mind him copying if, if that's what he's oh, doing. Oh, dude, WWE has done that for years and done a great job of it. One of the things I think uh, something that people forgot is that one of the ways Vince people always said, oh, you know, competition makes Vince better. So much. I always thought that Vince was better when he was taking your idea and making it better. And competition meant he had nobody to copy. The lack of competition meant he had nobody to copy anymore. I agree with that completely. That's probably one of the biggest, yeah, insights into WWE they'll ever be right there. Exactly. Right? Right? He ain't got no, now he's got somebody to copy. He's got ideas to mm-hmm. refine and say, oh, that's pretty good, but we'll we'll make it really good because we got production value and, you know. And better actors. Better actors. Because they're actors. They, yeah. They, that's literally, you know, that's part of the job requirement. Okay, um, yeah. back to Cody. Well, Edge is the actual actor now. Well, yeah, yes. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> hey, he was on a shit sci-fi show and several other things, Kevin. I've seen a couple of the movies, and I would say Vikings was better. Back back to Cody. I feel like Cody's walking around backstage at AEW, and if somebody tells him, hey, what do you think about this, 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 he may completely ignore it. Right? Because I feel like that's going to happen. In WWE, I do feel like he will sit down and work with somebody and negotiate. Negotiate's the wrong term because... It's not really a negotiation. It's a collaboration. Collaboration is the correct word. I feel like he will sit down. He will collaborate in a way that dials him back a little bit here and there. And I think it he works in this environment so much better. If he'll just stop, collaborate, and listen. <laughs> ice, ice. He was success. But what was he that? Was, uh, dude, what's Vanilla Ice's real name? Rob Van Winkle. Thank you so much. I just didn't want to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> because she thought it was wrong. Because his <laughs> last name is Van Winkle. <laughs> also, with Cody, think about this. His matches were so convolutedly crazy, right? Oh, my God, yes. And he's not going to get to make those decisions like that anymore. Like him yep. and Seth will talk about a match, but they'll be talking about a match with TJ or they'll be talking about a match with, uh, actually, I think Jamie Noble. 
I, I believe uh, Petey Williams was the was the producer of the last match at Mania. Wow! Right? Right? Wow! Petey. I'm a big Petey, I'm a Petey Williams mark anyway, and Petey Williams oh also Canadian destroyers forever. Canadian destroyers forever. Remember when that was an actual finisher? Yes, yes. That dude, that dude gets never gets the credit he deserves because everybody took it and smoke on the watered it and played it. Everybody plays it in their band, and they don't play it quite as well though most of the time. And also, he played it as. The last song of the night. Yes. We're taking it home. Other people open with it. Some people actually open with it, play it in the middle, and finish (laughs) up their first set before the encore with it. Yes. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Okay. So I do feel like he works in this environment like that as well. And I think it's, it's the best of both worlds for both companies. I um I think you're right. I think the WWE won't what they do with a lot of people is is there's too many screws on them and they're not allowed to wiggle wiggle room at all. I think Cody will get the wiggle room. I think he's smart enough that he can be creative and things will be great. I think that he also is like you said, given to his own devices, he does too much. Yes. And somebody <laughs> will adds to be bells and whistles. Correct. So many bells and whistles. This won't have to be that way, right? I I feel like having him dive right back into another match with Seth is the right way to go with this. You think the same? I think so. Man, I'm ready for Seth to kind of get a little bit of a win, though. We'll transition out of this because I think we've established that that we like where this is at for both companies. We'll transfer into just a little discussion before we go home with this on – Spinning out of Mania. We've talked about Edge and, and where that goes a little bit. I like him and AJ diving in a little further. I like the idea of maybe them growing that faction with Tommaso Ciampa and Rhea Ripley. Do you? I like it. I like it. I think it's a good use for both of them. I do as well. And I think that Ripley will Ripley and Priest will really get a lot of just standing in Gorilla with Edge will be good for them. Oh yeah. And Champa. Listening to listen to that dude a little bit, you know, on the in ring stuff. Not only you know, you, you got a great point there because certain things will work for an edge, as great as he is, that may not work for everybody else in the world because he's edge. Yeah. And Champa, on the other hand, he understands things from the worker mentality because he he went from work rate tag team guy to biggest guy in NXT for a significant amount of time. And he uh-huh. did that through his work and his promos, and I think that he will be great for them to be around. Going back to Seth Rollins, I think it's fascinating that Seth has become no title chance Shawn Michaels. Yes. And they're even speaking of him with reverence like that now. You heard the way Miz and Cody spoke of Seth Rollins. You hear whenever anybody gets to work with Seth, then they come out of it, they go, man, I tell you, that was really, I, I just love working with that guy. He's he's amazing. He is really being treated, I, I, you know, me being the Seth Mark that I am, I love the fact that he's been treated like this. 
and I told you, you know, to me, the, I've said this many times, the guy who is able to tell stories without the championship is one of, is the most important guy in the company. Everybody can tell stories with the championship belt. Yep. When you got them guffing, it's easy. Right. Uh, we are about to find out what level Becky Lynch is in that environment, right? Because she was able to, and I think successfully, build a division to a point when she had the belt that Bianca now with that belt can go on a Cena-esque run. Yeah. And if they unify these titles and Bianca's not the one, oof, it, it has to be Bianca. I, I, I feel like... I feel like going into Mania, their plan was probably to unify these titles with Ronda and Charlotte, and probably Ronda. And if not Ronda, fallback plan would be Charlotte, right? Yeah. And I think everybody poo-pooed Ronda just from the jump when she came back at Mania, uh, the Rumble, and that turns into, well, Charlotte, obviously. And now nobody's interested in what Charlotte and Ronda are doing. Are you? Mm, not terribly. I mean, when when Charlotte put Gulak in the figure eight, did that do anything to you besides make you roll your eyes? No, that's about it. Right? I mean, come on. Go back through. Yeah, you. I mean, Gulak is one of the great Matt t- Matt t- technicians in this company, and we've got him in a figure eight from Charlotte, and she's in high heels. Come on, man. What are we doing here? And so that. And we know that doesn't ingratiate you to the fan bases at all. And hopefully there's enough time between now and that in that they don't have a great record of <laughs> what are you what were you gonna say there, Kevin? I'm really gonna do what? The right thing. <laughs> they don't have a great record of being able to figure out what the crowd wants. They... No, no. They'll let Charlotte win it. The first time, and then six months from now, they'll put it on Bianca, and they'll think, well, there, we fixed it. Bianca, the Raw division is ready for her to go on a Cena-esque run. She gets rid of Becky in the next, you know, at Backlash, probably, and then she goes on this run. If we have Rhea turning heel, she probably manages to deal with that faction along with Rhea, get rid of her. I would would hope that that is between then and SummerSlam. SummerSlam would be your unification bout, right? In theory, she goes over Charlotte. She is your John Cena. And I think that all that is Kate possible. Will they do it? I don't know. Going into the tag divisions we have, you see, you believe the Usos will unify these belts? I do. Kind of like the bloodline being the first to hold the, all of it. But you got to split it up pretty quick. SummerSlam would be a good time to get the belts off of all of the bloodline. Yeah. Because it would give you time to get the belts back on the bloodline going into Mania. We all kind of think Dwayne and Roman is Mania, right? Did you see Knowledge what, him. Yes. Did you see yes. what happened on <laughs> you Little saw Rock, him? baby? <laughs> okay. Well, who do you think dethrones him? That, that Drew McIntyre? Oh, I hope not. God, no. No. So tell me this. Does Cody have a chance to be the guy that dethrones Roman? I don't know if I like that either. I like I, I'm going to I'm going to go with one of your uh, one of your favorites. I think Bobby Lashley might be the guy. I don't see them going that route. I think you're right. I think Bobby Lashley winning a fight with Roman Reigns makes sense. It's uh, believable, right? And I think with him breaking from MVP, he could. Yeah, you he, can power him up even. 
Yes, and he can be a face by the time he gets yes. to Roman and, and win that match, right? I, that makes a lot of sense to me. Also, like you said before, Seth Rollins beating Roman. I, that's, my, that's my second choice right there. Yeah, but I just don't see it. I don't see it either, but I could see it is my point. I can't even see Drew McIntyre going over Roman Reigns right now. I just don't. I mean, I can see them doing it, but I don't want to see it. I could see Cody doing it, but it is so counter to what we know of Vince. To bring a yeah. guy in, present him as a big deal, and have him go over your top guy. Your top guy you've been building for two or three years now? You see Vince doing, I don't know. I don't see uh -huh. how that happens. Is it possible that Roman just... Is the champ until the next mania? Oh yeah, it's completely possible. It's almost likely, isn't it? I would say that's more likely than anything else at this point. If they gave us victories over Lashley, Rollins, Cody, uh, Lesnar, over the course, uh, Drew, over the course of, I think they'll start with Drew, over the course of this year, that would be a fairly epic run. Oh yeah. Heading into if mania. You're, if you're building him, if you're building Roman right now, which you know they like to do. They like to build all the way around a year for WrestleMania for their top. Remember we had to sit through the year of Cena Rock where we had to, everything hung on that stupid match. Bro, I was at the Mania where the build started for the next year. The whole WrestleMania was for, I wasn't mad about it, but it really felt like, oh, this whole WrestleMania when we're walking out was for next year's WrestleMania. I can totally see them doing that all year just to get to Rock Roman next year. Now, that match, on the other hand, I can see a whole year buildup for if you do it right. Women's division, Becky Becky losing, and now she is diving into crazy, crazy. You like it? I love it. I think she needs to go. Well, man... A lot of my favorite Stone Cold work was not when he had belts. It was when he was just feuding with people because he hated them or because they pissed him off. And I think that's what she needs to embrace right there. Yeah, I could, I could totally see, and I would, I would love if she would go on a run of basically losing rivalries to people that need to be fighting Bianca. And the only person she really needs to beat this year is Charlotte. And I think that she needs to beat Charlotte not because she needs that, but that's a message to the locker room, I feel like. Mm -hmm. That the person – because I think that Becky – and this is me just guessing, of course. I feel like Becky was influential in deciding she was going to lose to Bianca. Right? I think if Becky walks in and says, I want to keep the belt, she gets to keep the belt. I think Becky does everything she can to make the person she's in the ring with, regardless of the result that's been predetermined, look as good as they possibly can. I think she's wrestling better than she's ever wrestled. I think she's great in this role as a heel. I was doubtful of it. She's managed to do it. And I feel like this journey inside of herself, where she, she her self-confidence is, is destroying her because she needs to be the most important thing in everybody's eyes is a fascinating mm -hmm. journey for us to go on. You, you feel she's yeah, she's got a good character. She's playing it. She's really embraced it. Like you said, I mean, she's bringing her game up every day and she's 
and people don't always get that the way you bring your game up is not by always being on top. It's the how you get there. The story is what's important. And she's telling the story. Absolutely. Charlotte feels like she's winning matches, but most of the time it doesn't feel like she's really telling much of a story. No, Charlotte's whole whole trajectory this year has been I'm the best thing there is, and whoever insert opponent doesn't matter. Nothing changes in her promos. Nothing changes in her and I, you know me I there was a time not that long ago where I thought Charlotte was one of the best wrestlers in the world. She was. Period. And now I don't even put her in that conversation because Okay, first of all, when I evaluate, and tell me if I'm wrong about this, when I evaluate best wrestlers in the world, it is 60-40 work outside of the ring compared to work inside of the ring. And I feel like it has always been thus, and I feel like the knee-jerk reaction of people has always been that, and they agree with me, but they don't realize they agree with me because when they said the best wrestler in the world is Ric freaking Flair, it was Ric Flair. But Ricky Steamboat was a better wrestler. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of people walking the planet that were better wrestlers than Ric Flair when they said Stone Cold right now is the number one wrestler in the world. There was... 10, Dude, 50- Stone Cold's physicality in the ring was always... I mean, he was... Everybody picks on John Cena for having only, you know, the five moves of Doom. Right. But Stone Cold... Steve could- Austin's played three-chord rock for a long time, man. Right, but the Ramones is good. Damn Skiffy, it's good. Right. Don't have to be complicated, folks. Right, and he and he talked you into the ring, and you thought you were watching a fist fight, and it absolutely worked, right? And that's where Seth is at right now. That's where Roman is at right now. That's where you know uh, Becky's at right now, and Charlotte's not there anymore. Nope. And that's that's a shame. And I feel like that's where uh, uh, Brian Danielson is right now. Or Daniel, Daniel Bryanson? <laughs> Daniel Bryanson is what we're going to call him from now on. <laughs> right. Punk is there. Punk, Punk's in-ring is a little rough right now for me because it does seem like he huffs and puffs pretty early on in these matches. Yeah. You know, the the mic work is still there. Uh, MJF is really climbing this oh ladder God. to me. He He's not top five to me overall right now. But he is jumping over two and three people at a time because the mic work is there. And when he does get to wrestle, it is, it's good. It's very good. He doesn't have bad matches. Mm-mm. Now he does get to wrestle the top guys, which is helpful. Right? Mm-hmm. That puts you, gives you, when you're playing next to greatness, man, if you can rise to the occasion, it makes you look real good. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I feel like Becky is approaching that top two or three. There was a time when she was the hottest thing in wrestling, right? But right now, to me, her promos may not be better, although they're different. But the wrestling has really gotten better. And so now she's telling these great stories, not only on the stick, but once you ring the bell, she's able to match what she's doing on the stick. Mm-hmm. She's she's fantastic in the ring right now. I'm I'm so stunned at how good she's gotten in the ring since uh, since having a baby. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that is crazy, right? But that just shows you the, uh, you know, Seth talks. She loves, loves it. She loves it. Absolutely loves the business. And Seth talks about how, you know, he's like, well, you know, I'm strong. But they work out together, obviously, you know, the CrossFit and all that. And he's like, you know, I'm stronger than her, but I don't have her motor. And you're talking about a lifetime CrossFit guy. And he's like, yeah, but yeah. I, I can't go like that, right? And that just tells you what her work ethic is at all times. Yes. Right? And that's what, I mean, that's, the, you know, not, not only is it commendable, but it, it it is really wonderful for us to watch as she and Seth are on this odd journey of being these fantastic non-title performers, we think, right? Because I, I, Seth's already done it. And, mm-hmm. and Becky is well on her way now that she has <laughs> lost the title and is going to go absolutely bat crazy on us, right? Yes. All right. So let's wrap this thing up, man. What do you think about all that? I think it, I, I kind of like the trajectory both companies are going. It's kind of where I am on it is I think both of them have an opportunity here to refine what they do and do it better. So I can, I'll have two different products to watch, you know, sort and of. I don't understand people that are like, well, I've got to watch one or the other. Well, yeah, if your time's limited, yeah. But if you just are, you know, interested in watching as much wrestling as you can, you know, why not enjoy both styles? Right. And it, something. That's the neat thing too about it. It's they are completely different. As we watch Tony lean further and further into the wrestling aspect of wrestling, and we watch and we watch Vince, and he's getting good ratings right now. And we watch Vince lean into we tell you know, we tell you what the wrestling is going to be about. It, it, they, they're, they're totally not leaning into the wrestling of the wrestling, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's all promos and it's all out of the ring stuff. And the wrestling is fantastic when we get it. You know, it's not, it's not, I'm not knocking the, we've said before that, that when they ring the bell, WWE's great, right? It's, but it's two fascinating ways to tell stories that are completely different. And then when you, if you factor in that you like New Japan, again, mm-hmm. a, a completely different way of telling stories as well. And then you're going to get your kind of international palette. You know, you have New Japan versus ROH and AEW in a setting. Triple A mixed in. Triple A mixed in. And that's fascinating. Correct. And then the WWE yeah. does this neat thing where they cherry pick, they cherry pick because it's WWE isn't American wrestling. It's its own entity outside of wrestling. It's a TV show, but you do have this great wrestler from Scotland. You do have this great wrestler from Ireland. You do have this great wrestler from, you know, for all the different areas of you the world. You do have this tall wrestler from India. <laughs> well, AEW has one too. Yes. And if you compare what is, them, oh, what is up with man? I did not know they had that many seven footers coming out of India, dude. I did not either. I guess people got mad when people compared the two, like that was some form of a schism right there. And I, I don't know, but my thing, dude. my thing with that, well, he—I mean, he walked out there and he squeezed the guy's head, right? Come on, man. How am I not going to think of Kali? I'm sorry. You know, if I did, I apologize. I don't, I don't mean to frustrate you, but, but my Kali did that move. Right. But my thing with that whole moment though, it was that I don't think they had to do it right there. I think, I think no. 
Samoa Joe standing there with the belt was a good way to end that show. You're done. You're done. A little bit of the Cody verse snuck back in. Right. It wasn't you just Cody, right? It need. Right. There's a lot of Bischoff in Tony, whether he wants to admit it or not. Oh, my God, yeah. You just watched Minoru Suzuki and Joe, Samoa Joe tear each other apart for 15, 20 minutes. Right. Every wrestler in – every wrestling fan in the world, every promoter in the world besides Tony Khan says – and probably Vince – says, let that moment breathe. They beat the hell out of each other. Joe has the belt by himself. Let that moment breathe. And the guys you can hear who, Jim Cornette screaming right now. Yes. And then Tony says, what would be great right here is a fake gift, the birdie finger, and an introduction of someone nobody knows who he is. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> Hey, that's this Indian basketball player that nobody on the planet's ever heard of. Oh, my God. And on that note, thank you for listening to Go Home Heat. This has been a uh, Go Home Heat production, copyright 2022. Check out our friends at the Game Project, the E-G-I-N-N project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And Justin, go home. <laughs> and have a happy Easter, guys. Bye.